When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome back to another episode of Prepper Talk Radio, radio for the ready-minded, where we focus on God, family, and country. And um, today we have a special episode. We're going to talk about some fun things. And um, so hopefully you get a lot out of it and uh, you get to get your creative juices flowing because we're going to talk about some creative things here today. But we wanted to also remind you to check out Jace Medical. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And right now they have their, or they just recently launched their daily medicines. So if you have regular medicines that you're worried about having on hand through an emergency and that year supply of those regular medicines, you can now go get those. They have 75 medicines on their list. So if you uh, click on Jace Medical, go to daily, and then you start typing in your medicine. If it's on the list, you can get it. And it's a year supply. So fill out, um, go to the Jace Medical, check it out, see if you have your medicines on there and use code PrepperTalk to get $10 off. So today we're going to talk about our um, some lesser known skills in prepping. There's a lot of people out there that have uh, some of the higher end skills that they want to talk about survival skills, you know, and so we're going to talk a little bit about some of those that may not be as, uh, as popular, but they're definitely just as important. And then we have uh, some fun uh, things that we're going to talk about some, some skills that uh, we're going to call them lessons from inmates, uh, the prison skills. Well, it's yeah, a little bit from inmates, but like uh, talking to some law enforcement officers who know the inside track on some cool things. Um, I had a really cool conversation. I wanted to bring that to you guys so you could hear some of the things that were given to me this week that I learned uh, from a good friend who's who's a detective and he's got a lot of correction officer friends. Um, he's also on the SWAT team and he's he's been I mean, he's he was a former Marine sharpshooter and just all kinds of cool stuff. So, hey Scott, my neighbor, and he's just awesome. So everything I've gleaned from him, I want to divulge today. Um, and I think you guys as listeners are going to really enjoy it because it'll, it'll make for some fun conversation and, uh, and some weird ideas. Hey, Scott, maybe bring your mic a little closer. There we go. Well, let me do that again. Much better. No, that's, we heard you just fine, but okay. that's much better. Yeah. It's a good thing I'm loud. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, we, this is not firsthand experience, right? So <laughs> at least in now my, in my one case. day in jail, uh, if you will. <laughs> Uh, totally different experience, right? You can't quite develop those kind of skills for just a brief stint, right? It's it's a it takes experience over time, and that's not the skills I had well, even I would, thought about, honestly. I other than watching the TV shows, right? You know, like uh, Shawshank Redemption, you know, or Escape Plan, those types of things. That's when you brought that topic up. Those are the things that came to mind, right? Just <laughs> what I've seen in the movies. I don't care to develop those kind of skills myself. What was that Adam Sandler movie where he's in prison? Uh, I'm not sure which one you're referring to there. Um, it was a football movie. Um, oh, okay. Longest Yard. Longest Yard. Okay. This is funny because in the Longest Yard, you, you see things of, like people are 
there's one guy that's smuggling stuff in all the time, the McDonald's guy, and he's got chicken nuggets. He's got all this. They're like, how did he do this? Well, what's funny is, is that's actually happened according to my, to my friend um, at his, or one of the departments that he was, he was associated with a guy smuggled in an actual full hamburger, went through the pat down, went, like they didn't do strip searches, but they went through the whole pat down and everything. And 20 minutes later, he's sitting there in the cell with a hamburger chowing down and everyone's like, where'd you get that? And he's like, I brought it with me. And so it's just like, okay, there are ways to hide or smuggle contraband into prison all the time. Like we've all heard the joke of the, you know, somebody putting a file or a saw inside of a cake and bringing the cake to prison, right? That's the old Andy Griffith way back in the day ideas. But now it's like, okay, well, how do, how do people get things in? Mm-hmm. Besides then, smuggling them up, you know, they're, <laughs> and I guess that would really apply to more, maybe something SHTF where you've got something that's valuable. You're trying to get to maybe somewhere uh, where you're going to barter with it. Uh, and you need to you know, conceal it somehow. You know, just trying to think of a more practical application for those of us who are not jail with jailbirds, right? So, well, you're no, sure. as, as you a higher class of of individual, <laughs> a non lawbreaker <laughs> such as yourself. Well, I think um, another another cool thing about maybe some skill sets that you might learn is like how do you get out of a constraint? Like, for example, if you're in the in the movie, um, pardon me, not the movie, but in the book, one second after that, a marauding band comes through and they tied people up and put them in little cages and stuff like that. So it's important to be able to learn how potentially, if you are in an area, if the, you know power goes out and it's months on end and you've got a marauding band coming through, you're going to want to learn how to keep yourself out of or even learn how to escape. And not that we're promoting escaping from prison, but there's a lot of people that have been very creative in the ways that they've learned to escape from those types of things. Handcuffs, constraints, Mm -hmm. ropes, ties, zip ties, just learning how to get out of that kind of stuff can be very uh, good if you're in a position where uh, you, you need to do that. So that's, you know, hiding something on your body in such a way that you can sneak it through a, a, a checkpoint or hiding something or learning how to mentally be prepared for when those guys ask you the question, do you have the following on you? And you got to keep, you know, you're, you got to, you know, you're, if you're, if you do and you're lying and you're not used to lying, you, it might show up on your face that you're lying. So you got to mm-hmm. have a little bit of that poker face uh, skill set going as well. And so that's kind of the, some of the stuff that I think uh, that, you know, we can maybe some of those uh, skill sets we can learn for sure Ooh. from the inmate uh, type person. Where I was going with Shane earlier was like, have you guys seen the movie Now You See Me? Oh, yeah. The magicians. Mm-hmm. And they go in and they like steal like some microchip. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thing, yeah. And they s- sneak it onto the back of a playing card and they're like, hand trick, sleight mm-hmm. of hand, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's also like, you've got to also think of sleight of hand, but sleight of mind, right? How you say things. Um, because like a lot of times in an interrogation, they will actually get someone to can. Like basically say, oh, I did, I did it. I committed a crime, but they didn't actually do it. But by wearing you down and doing things like, and, and how you phrase things, eventually a person can get confused and make a mistake and, and basically throw away their lives in jail. Right. Well, the same in, in a survival scenario, you're going to be at your wits end a lot of times, potentially, uh, because you're going to be stressed. You're going to be tired. You're going to be underfed. You're going to be hangry. And so, keeping your mind sharp and playing mental games now 
um, and reading and being engaged at a higher level than just going to work and coming home. Those are things now that if you start doing those now, they'll get you through those hard times. In prison, there's a lot of solitary confinement or solitary time. And what gets people through that without going crazy, especially like if you're in solitary? Mind games, playing games, making up stories, creating, you know, fake scenarios to keep your mind occupied. Um, those are some of the things that I've heard are some of the best things to do while they're going through that or thinking about something. So this is the optimistic side of things, thinking about something that you're really looking forward to when you get out and creating it almost like vision boarding it in your, in your brain. Okay. When I get out, I'm going to get this job or I'm going to do this now. And I'm, I'm going to get this kind of maybe get a car and da, 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 da. Like you basically build out the scenario, the whole scenario and go live there while you're stuck where you don't want to be. It's interesting that you mentioned that I was listening to um, a, a talk today actually and they were describing something i think it was the korean war maybe it was one of the prisoners of war and they would ask them when they came into the camp they would ask the prisoners of war what are your what are your goals what do you want to do when you get out of here and the people that were like i don't know maybe this maybe that whatever mm -hmm. they're like oh we're going to put you in like lower security because they're going to be easily they're so e they're just they don't know they have no goals they really have no purpose they have no dreams they they can easily control those people but if somebody said when i get home i'm going to do this job and this is how much money i'm going to make this is all the things i'm going to do they're like you're maximum security because you have right. goals you, you're a leader and we don't want anybody yeah. following you because you're going to be able to lead them out of here potentially on a on a raid so it's important if you to have goals and, and those types of things like you just talked about, Scott, but don't tell the prison guards. Right. <laughs> well, it's like the job your... interview, right, that you go to and say, where do you see yourself in five or 10 years? Well, I'm going to be a president. I'm going to own my own company, those types of things. That's when you don't get the job, right? Yeah. Because, because they want people who are going to be good, good little servants, right, who uh, work for their paycheck. Well, and it's also like. There, I want to say I heard statistics that if you didn't have goals, if you didn't have an ambition for after, your chances of surviving POW camp mm. went drastically down. Oh, same thing. Yeah, they said that the death rate was totally high. Even though these people were in lower security, they got more food. They're more. It was kind of like the, um, the 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 summer camp of uh, POWs, you know, and they were they would die more uh, frequently because they had no purpose, aim, no goal setting, and that's something I think is. You know, mental is, toughness is, is key. Also, the same happens in retirement. Mm -hmm. If you don't have something new to keep your mind occupied and focus and, and, your, and your body occupied, your quality of life, even though you've got all this freedom, your health and quality of life deteriorates quickly the less engaged you are, the less things you're doing, which is, to me, the number one reason why when I get to that retiring age, I'm not retiring. Like, yeah, I want to be working the rest of my life doing something, even if I'm not getting paid. Even if I'm like fully financially retired, I want to be doing something to keep my mind and body active and sharp. Yeah, I'm, re I'm removing that word from my vocabulary entirely uh, because I don't believe there is anything. And this is completely off topic, obviously, but uh, anything. Uh, no, what retirement represents is what we've been told uh, by our employers, by the powers that be. This is your you're going to work till you're 65. Then you're going to take retirement and you're going to go and have fun. That's, you know, anyway, that's a whole nother thing. But yeah, I, I don't like that word. I, I don't and use it, the word retirement. Like that. It basically says to, to the body and to the mind, it's like, okay, now you're planned obsolescence. Mm -hmm. Right. Now you're going to break Now you can die. Now you're, you, you've done your, you, so, you've filled, you, you have no more value. You can go and die now. 
So that means what have you got to do? Like, you've got to keep developing skills. You got to keep like, you, okay, you don't have to go to prison, but like, what if you go, what if you are in a nursing home now? What if you're listening now and you're in a nursing home, you're worried that you're losing mobility. You're worried. Well, you've got to find things to do. You've got to find games to play and get other people involved as well. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, I think more than just like trivia, but like do, do puzzles, get engaged, get up, go around. Like my favorite is as a delivery driver right now, like I see people out moving every day going on walks, taking their dogs out, doing different things. You meet people from all walks of life and it's fantastic. But one of the things that I'm seeing more and more right now, because the weather's great, people out recycling, running, um, walking their dogs, they're just out, uh, people gardening. And so it's like, okay, well, what are we doing? How are we spending our time? And one of the things you could do, and this is a skill that I think nobody really talks about a lot, but needs to be talked about more is sewing. Because yeah. that's something you can practice when, when the weather's not good. You can be inside all winter long learning how to darn socks, right? Learning how to knit, learning how to crochet, learning how to actually hand stitch or sew. Because, I mean, take take prison as an example. How many people go to prison and lose weight? Or even a worse scenario, look at what happened in World War II with the Jews in Auschwitz. They lost so much weight. Their clothes, like they didn't, none of their clothes fit. They all became rags, almost like you're walking around in a tent. And so mm -hmm. having the ability to be able to tighten things and, and resize things in a survival scenario, hey, I'm going to finally be as skinny as you guys. <laughs> I need to be able to get uh, get my pants to fit still. Well, I think it's important when you're in a SDHF you can't, or SHTF, sorry, you can't go down to the store and buy another pair of pants. If you rip mm -hmm. a, a hole or if you rip your, your knees or, you know, if you get a, a tear in when in your uh, shirt or something. And so you've got to be able to, uh, to darn those things and put those things back together. I, um, it was interesting. We were I'm planning a, a camping trip with the boys in our church. We're going to go and as uh, with the young men in our church, the youth group and do a camping thing. And we pulled out the tents and the, the screen windows on the tents have big rips in them. And we're like, who knows how to sew that can sew these, you know, back together instead of buying a whole new tent, we just repaired it. So it's a good financial, you know, thing as well to learn how to repair, you know, your thing. There's a, there's a great, great quote, make, uh, Scott, you're gonna have to help Lose me it out. Up, wear it out, make it do or do without. Yep. You, that's so key in prepping is to make things last. And that's where we've talked about in several episodes, if you're going to buy something, even if it costs a little bit more and you're going to get good value, it's good, high quality, it's worth it because you're, it's going to last longer. It's going to be stronger. It's going to get you through things, but shoot, if you don't know how to sew, if you don't know how to, um, hem your pants or, or bring your pants in or let them out or anything like that, you're going to be, you're going to find yourself in a, in a weird place in, in, uh, in an emergency. Yeah. I think not just. Kind of I was going to say too. That goes yeah, for sorry, first aid too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. You know, I was going to say um, before we get totally off the topic of of the uh, the prison uh, uh, topic is you know we have a good friend Cash Valley Prepper, and he has built his uh, own kind of escape and evade kit. It's very mm -hmm. small, something you can always have on him. It's it's very undetectable, uh, and so I think there is absolutely a need to um, have the skills and the tools. To be able to get to, like you say, Paris, to get yourself out of restraints, uh, and I mean, whether it could be you know kidnapping or ransom, I mean, so many things 
potential uh, things could happen nowadays that we could, we should be prepared for, not just for ourselves, but our, our family as well in that same aspect. But I think part of that um, is, you know, we, we think about the jailbreak, right? Um, and you see a lot of these movies where someone will break out of jail, they're running away, but they don't know where they're going, right? They have no idea where they're going. They don't know how to hide. They don't know how to find their way and, and get, get to where they want to go. So I think when we, we talk about orienteering, we think that's an important and it's, it's discussed a lot, but I think one thing that's not discussed a lot is just is wayfinding and pathfinding. And that's a little bit different. That's mm -hmm. finding, you know, that's without having a map or a compass and really being able to find your way and, and pick a trail. Uh, it, it's, it seems like common sense, but I've spent enough time in the back country to where I've had people lead me and I've led other people. And uh, without that experience of picking a trail, picking a path, uh, that it, you can get yourself in, you know, cliffed out or get yourself in trouble if you don't know the trails to look for the things to look for the signs to look for and i think also yep. along those same lines is is tracking or how to avoid being tracked yeah. how to walk how to step uh how to roll your foot those things that will keep you from leaving uh tracks in the wilderness to where you can be traded not breaking uh twigs and sticks and finding your way through uh you know bushwhacking and and, uh, and not leaving a path behind so that those are a lot of things that it, it don't really apply to an urban setting, more, definitely more of a wilderness setting, kind of more bushcraft, bushcrafty type skills. But, uh, but I, you know, if we all think about, okay, if when we're bugging out, people think, oh, we're going to go to the woods. Okay. The, if, if that's your plan, then you need to have these kind of types of skills. Right. Well, it's, it's interesting. Cause like we're kind of leaning back into the prison idea, but like the movie, the great escape, which is mm -hmm. based on a true story, right? Yeah. That's a great movie. Um, they have to figure out how to change their appearance, right? Disguises, they're picking locks, um, fixing broken machines and engines. Right? What? Making making IDs. Making IDs. Um, nowadays, like things like a lot of people end up going to prison for copying car keys or copying other people's keys, right? And breaking and entering, right? So we'll not talk as much about breaking and entering, but we'll talk about like, okay, the how to make a key how to, like, there how are to ways pick. you can make a key and there you can do lock picking but you can make a key with tape by taping it over and over again and, and cutting it out to match another key i've seen it done my brother-in-law did it and i was like that's ridiculous and he's like i learned this through part of my fbi training mm -hmm. and i'm like you just traced a key on a piece of clear plastic and then you put tape over it until it's thick enough to work and he's like huh wow okay that kind of threw me he's like this is a slower way to do it if you have a lock pick set it's a lot faster you can just and i've got a couple lock pick sets Still takes a lot of practice. yeah but like all of this like going in to survival time it's like you've got to just have your head in a place where you can adapt and you can get creative with whatever's around you yeah, especially when it's limited. Like in prison, it's extremely limited. Oh, I wish I could get my hands on a pair of grenades. I could blow the hole in this wall and get out of here. Oh, I wish I could get some C four. Oh no, that's where the term MacGyver comes from, right? right? I mean, yeah, you know, that's one of the reasons why I carry uh, a Swiss Swiss tool. Right? He carried a Swiss Army knife. They didn't have Swiss tools back then. I I bet you he'd be carrying a Swiss tool rather than just a Swiss pocket knife. I wonder what the new MacGyver series. I wonder what he carried. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched that. Me either. I haven't either. All the remakes, they're never quite as good. No, as they're not. Yeah. 
the um recently i saw i was watching a show and and one of the skill sets that i think that they showed on that was the ability to uh blend in you talked about blending in and being uh, able to kind of escape and evade in a wilderness setting but that's also important in an urban setting in a city you've got to learn like when if you're being tracked by somebody they're going to track you based on your hair color based on the your jacket your sweater your coat your shirt some of the things they can see in a crowd Yep. So, you know, clearly we watch movies all the time where the guys like they, they swap the coat, they grab the coat from the guy and put on a new coat, walk through the store, steal a mm-hmm. coat, put on mm-hmm. a new coat, walk through the other end. Knowing t- uh, some of the routes in your area um, are going to be good and, and knowing how to uh, really and feel comfortable maybe taking someone's coat just to keep yourself hidden or disguised in a different way so that mm-hmm. you can escape and evade even in um, even in an urban city kind of uh, setting. And, yeah, I've got uh, a... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say another another scene that I saw in the show was they were um, these they were captured, kidnapped. There was a kidnapping capture, and uh, the person uh, was able to, you know, they were taking them through an office, and I don't know how they. I mean, it's 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 in the script, right? Of course, so that's that's how it worked, right? It's obviously in the script, but it showed that they were willing to look around and see, you know, what they got a paperclip, and within the within a few minutes, they had uh, used the paperclip to get out of the, the constraints they were in, and. And mm-hmm. so they were able to get break free. So just being aware of what's going on in the setting that you're in and what could possibly get you out of those scenarios. I think those are some skill sets that we can learn from. from yeah, over on over on my my blog and prepared guy years ago, I wrote a little uh, blog about um, losing tails, about backdoors and rabbit trails. So mm-hmm. that's something that I'm very aware of in an urban setting, like you're saying, Paris, is is how to use is I try and use back doors as much as possible and back doors are, I, I literally mean back doors uh, entering in from uh, not the main entrance of a store if they have an alternate entrance taking back roads rather than main roads and ha- how to um, spot people who might be tailing you you know I don't have any particular reason at the moment why anyone would be tailing me but it, it's good to be conscious like you say the practicing the gray man. Uh, and I think part mm-hmm. of that is being conscious of everybody and everything around you. So, and then also rabbit trails. If you're in a store, um, how to identify if anyone's following you, especially, you know, handy if you're a woman, if you're someone vulnerable uh, and maybe an easy target. What's funny is, is like I, in training for my prior delivery job, they talked about package securement. And one of the biggest problems they have is, porch pirates after you deliver mm-hmm. they'll actually follow you around because we mm-hmm. wear these ridiculous ridiculously noticeable uniforms with ridiculously noticeable vehicles right you can pick us out easily no matter where we're going mm-hmm. and all they have to do is get 10 15 houses behind you and just kind of watch where you're going and they can come in and grab anything right after you set something down so we have to be aware of that take you know stops and do quick turnarounds every once in a while just to make sure mm-hmm. no one's just following us to s- snag packages but it's the same skills it's the same yeah. thing number one first and foremost it goes back to situational awareness always looking for and this is the thing i had to do always looking for alternative routes and exit plans because i can't just do u-turns in those big vehicles. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't just go where everybody else goes. I can't go down a back alley like everybody else can. I'll get stuck. I'm like, all right, there's a tree and a fence and I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to back out. That's going to be horrible. So finding ways to get around through and, and, and 
bypass things. Like you just have to be awake and aware. And the better you can research your areas that you're in, the better off you'll always be. And this, I think it's especially important for moms, but dads mm -hmm. too. Anybody who goes to the store with little kids, mm -hmm. if you got more than one little kid, they're going to be running around. Everybody knows this. Every parent hard who's to gone manage. to the store is going to be hard to manage. And those those are the kinds of scenarios that kidnappers and human traffickers and and child traffickers are, are looking for. They're looking for those moms that are distracted so they can grab the kid and run. And way too many of kids get taken because of that every year. And so having the skills to be able to identify that and, and maybe look at some of these creepers or stalkers ahead of time, make sure you know where your kids are all the time. Just be hyper aware. You're going to be able to get yourself out of a lot of problems and, yeah. and save, uh, save yourself and your family a lot of heartache and headache. Yeah, I think along the same lines, uh, if you're able to also get some driving skills over and above what you know what you learned just a lifetime of driving some some evasive driving skills <clears throat> right whether you have an suv or a sports car you know they're very different and how to best utilize that vehicle in a defensive situation what was that guy out there's on shark tank um i want to say his last name was hansen he was a former fbi agent now he has oh, a yeah, school yeah. down in cedar city utah mm -hmm. um yep. for escape and evasion teaching yep. FBI tactics. I know um, you're talking about, but like simple things like, okay, you can, you can actually, if you're say your, your wrists are duct taped together. Mm -hmm. We've all seen those scenarios though. That's you can get out of that and you don't have to have a knife on you and it's just sheer force. Jason Hansen. What's his name? Is it Jason Hansen? Jason Hansen. Yeah. Is that right. But he, he teaches how to, how to break through, duct tape simple thing start up high and you're just throwing your elbows down and back and it'll snap the tape just i think that, my that i think my daughter through. my daughter had a um i don't know if it was from work or church but she had a an opportunity to be the example for that and she's mm -hmm. little she's like 110 pounds soaking wet yeah. so and she was able to break through the the that duct tape and so it's so, not you'd have to be strong no. So here's the challenge, guys. Go hop after you've listened to this, go hop on YouTube, look at a video that shows how to do that and have everybody in your household practice it until they get it right. Yeah. That's a good skill to have. Another one is having really strong shoelaces. Paracord shoelaces are fantastic. Why? Because you can use those to saw through zip ties or zip ties. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You can also use it to, to friction burn through rope. Mm -hmm. So like if you if you get tied up, you can unhook your shoes. If you can get your shoe, get to your laces, you can pull those out and use those as a, as a makeshift saw. Uh, there's also tutorials of that on on YouTube. Like, But those are things that, that Jason teaches that I mm -hmm. thought was fantastic. He actually came to PrepperCon, so I got to meet him there. Um, but like, man, we had so much fun with PrepperCon. We had, he came, we had Michael Hawk come, he helped a lot. Mm -hmm. David Holiday. if you guys listen, like, wilderness survival like wilderness living skills david holiday came we had um matt graham showed up from what was dual survivor um mm -hmm. but david holiday is like my favorite wilderness skills guy because he's like the chillest dude yeah super granola go out and just live forever in the woods which he pretty much is like mm -hmm. he and his wife and kids live no no power no electricity no anything and they're just out there chilling and it's like you live one with nature; it's an easier life. And yep. I just oh, there's so many skills I wish I'd I'd love to learn from him and 
and spend more time out there as well. I think another unknown or very little talked about skill, uh, and this is, you know, probably be fairly easy to learn it is to wash your clothes without a washer washing machine, like mm -hmm. a, an actual to learn how to hand wash mm -hmm. your clothes. Because if crap hits the fan, we have no electricity, half of you are going to probably have dirty clothes for way too long, because you don't know what, when, why doesn't my washing machine work? Well, there, you know, <laughs> unless you have a super big battery pack, you're going to need to learn how to have uh, a, a bucket, you're going to need to learn how one of those, um, those uh, washboards. And you're going to need to learn how to hang your clothes to dry. And, and that's a skill set, I think, that's not as uh, fancy or sexy as some of the other mm -hmm. skills to learn. But it's definitely something. Hygiene is so important. Like the, mm -hmm. I think the number one thing after the initial shock of maybe a disaster, the second thing that, that will kill more people is infection, disease, and um, just lack of proper hygiene. And, and keeping your clothing clean is a big part of that. One of the things, I don't, total, total shameless plug here, but one of the things that I got in my first order with PatriotSwitch.com forward slash Prepper Talk Radio, mm -hmm. I, I, I was so proud. I'm so happy with this because I got their cleaning supplies and detergents and it, it's, it's all concentrated. So you dilute it. So I'm storing a lot less of it. Yeah, that's what part, I'm like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is so much better. And it's all natural. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want to put a big stone by my garden, a washing stone, and then I can have my bucket and I've got a washing and agitator system. But I want to put that by my garden so they then can have all the runoff off the rock go into my garden and feed my plants all summer well, long. Well, that's what I did. I took, I got some of that, took it up to my property. I don't want to put chemicals into my septic tank, right? I don't want to yeah. kill the bacteria in there. So, so their stuff's organic. I mean, you use that as much as I can uh, to try and keep the bacteria and keep that my, my septic tank good for many years. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's a skill to know how to manage and maintain a septic tank. Because if the grid goes down, if you don't I'm have learning. a tank, you're digging a hole. And now you need to know how to do basic latrine duties. And most people yeah, don't know how to do that. That's actually one of the things when I, when I was building out my, uh, when I used to live in California, I was in charge of building out the community and making assignments for different things if we did have an emergency. And one of the big assignments that most people kind of overlook is the uh, skill set of finding out where you're going to put your waste. You know, everybody, you, it's good to have food and food storage, but it's going to come out at some point and unless you're eating too many MREs from the military, but then even then you got to, it's going to eventually come out and you yeah. need to have some place to take care of that because you don't want to have that anywhere near where you might end up, you know, uh, getting it within the kids or somebody walking by. You want to have a far enough away that you're just not going to have any disease causing situations there. So learning how to properly dispose of human waste and that uh, even the byproducts of your food stuff, you're going to learn how to need, you're going to need to learn how to do that because you can't just burn it, not all of it, but you, and you can't, maybe you can bury most of it, but you just got well, to know how to do it. that. There is, there are wet methods to do that. The problem is, is that the type of fuel you're going to go through, uh, you're going to run out of that fast. Yeah. So it's a short term, very, very short term solution. Um, you've got to, <laughs> and again, you've got to keep it all away from your water source. You've got to keep it away from your food. You've got to keep it away from your family, like open open sores if you get into that you're going to be infected so fast um well so and, and helping your helping to teach your neighbors that same you know those same techniques uh is going to help keep you healthy as well keep the whole community mm -hmm. healthy right 
I think that's why they say that, like, if, if an EMP does go off, why 93 or, or 87% of the population will be gone in 90 days? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really believe it's going to be because of the issue of sanitation. Hmm. Yeah, yep. that's... Yeah, it's one of the top things. It's one of the top things anyways. And that's, you know, going back to our original, um, you know, commercial at the beginning of the show, uh, one of the other big things was not having the proper medications on hand. And that was a huge thing, too, that people just didn't who relied on those medications. So uh, double check your um, jacemedical.com and get your supplies because you're going to need them. And uh, especially if they're life uh, threatening or life um, uh, sustaining medicines that you're on, you're going to need to have those. But uh, I think, you know, that is um, it. I think also another skill, and I, we kind of talked about this last podcast, uh, Scott and I, um, was the leadership skills. And mm-hmm. when, when crap hits the fan, you're going to need to learn how to organize people in such a way that they're going to have the confidence that what you're telling them is going to work and that you're going to need to have some organizational skills as well so that you can organize people into the different areas like listen these are the things that we need we need somebody that's in charge of you know communications we need somebody in charge of sanitation we need somebody in charge of distribution of food we need somebody if you're going to have a little community and a, a neighborhood that's going to coordinate and get together we need to have some we're going to who's who's going to uh, guard who's going to be on guard and what are the rotations and what are the shifts you know mm-hmm. and having a leader that can organize those things and or be a part of a leadership group that organizes those things is going to be really important. That was one of the, that was, I think one of the first things in that one second after book that they Mm -hmm. got together, the mayor, the chief of police, and then this guy who's the star of the book, they all got, and a couple other people got together in that first couple of days and they started organizing people immediately to give people hope that, Hey, we're all in this together. We're organized and we're going to be, try to be organized as possible. Mm -hmm. So it's not a free for all and a panic attack. Yeah, and a few things I got from that book as well at the, you know, that I had written down, and mine is, you, you mentioned leadership, I had that on my list, but also just, just relationships and nego- negotiating, you know, yeah. not necessarily bartering, but that's part of it, but negotiating, uh, and you know, maybe it is a hostage negotiation, maybe those kinds of skills would be important, right, but, uh, uh, but in, in general, um, you know, bartering, nego- negotiating, being able to compromise yep. and uh, and and come to an agreement on on things, I think that'll be very important. Well, conflict res- like conflict resolution, part of that is negotiating, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Getting all the parties to finally agree to a, a, a ceasefire, if you will, right? Creating a peace agreement—that's negotiation. That's conflict resolution. That's de-escalation. Mm-hmm. Like the last thing you want to have to do if if there's an argument is to pull out a sidearm, right? Yeah, because then you've already lost. Mm-hmm. If you can de-escalate, you're in a better situation. Now, if somebody's already shooting, you don't want to try to de-escalate that. Yeah, you want to you get gotta... to a safe place and and disarm the, yeah. the, the bad guy, right? You want to you want to end it. There, there, there's a point in time where you can de-escalate things, and there's a point in time where it's too too late. Yeah, um, along those same lines, you know, obviously, some the, I think biggest topic in prepping is is you know is guns. It's one of the big topics. Mm-hmm. So learning how to shoot, learning how to manipulate your firearm, being good with that. But also on those same lines is gunsmithing, knowing how to maintain your weapon and to how to replace having spare parts and knowing how to replace those. Uh, and I'm not talking gunsmithing as in you know custom making a barrel right. and those types of things, but actually having the right tools and the skills and the know-how to maintain your weapon, replace parts on it. So you're uh, and, talking, and help others as well. 
more along the lines of being an armorer, right? Okay, yes, that's probably so, more appropriate. Yeah, so like my, my buddy, he actually is a certified armorer for mm-hmm. the police department on like 18 different types of handguns and six six or seven different rifles mm-hmm. um, outside of their basic ones that they use. And he's like, that's the my favorite part of the job. Mm-hmm. He's like, I know how to put together and take apart every one of these guns, What, how to actually fix every single one of these guns. Mm-hmm. I know what the main problems are with each of these guns. He's like, and that's why I will always and only ever carry a 45 um, 1911. Oh, really? And he's like, I can carry so many magazines that I, I win no matter what. And then he pulls up his vest that he's wearing and he's got his 1911 there and three magazines next to it. And I'm like, I had no idea. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Glock, right? No, I, I was, I'm shocked. I'm like, what, 1911? I'm like, all the no, it's, know are, are running around town with Glocks. The hardcore people are either Glocks or 1911, but Anyway, this whole different discussion. We should, right. we should have that discussion one of these days. Well, I but think that's it's one of the lesser known skills that we talk about as preppers. We talk about, oh, you got to get a couple of guns or or, or 20. But, but we don't talk about maintaining, maintain knowing how yeah. to fix them. Mm-hmm. Right. But you say this all the time one is none, two is one, and three is just right. Mm-hmm. So what about seven or eight? Yeah, well, that's no, a I took a, kind, right? I took a, <laughs> I took a course um couple last week or maybe two weeks ago about how to break down my AR and lubric, lubricate it and clean it, mm-hmm. and then we took down to we there was pieces in there I didn't even know existed in that gun, and I'm like, who in the world made this thing? So it was really valuable for me to see it all broken down, every little piece, where all the everything should work, and then to know, hey, if these particular pieces bend or wear out or wear down you need to have replacements on hand for all that stuff and so gun guns is not just going out and shooting and being an expert sniper marksman it's also knowing how to uh maintain and and keep it for long term if you treat it right it's like a car i don't there's so many people i see on the side of the road with a flat tire or broken down whatever and i'm like you know i wonder if it's you know there's obviously some dumb luck that just happens for people but I, I also believe, and I have a strong believer that if they would have maintained it on a regular basis, they would not have had that problem, or at least it would have, the chances of those types of problems would diminish greatly. Maintenance, it's better to have a routine in life in general, not just cars or whatever, but in life in general, consistently be routine about your, yourself. And um, I think that's just a good idea to constantly be always maintaining things, keeping things up to, up to speed so, so that it doesn't wear out when you need it. They totally like, I, I had to go to the locksmith a few weeks back to replace some, some locks and some keys. And it was interesting because I was talking to him for a while and he saw my Sequoia, my Toyota Sequoia. And he's like, Oh, how many miles you got? And I was all proud of myself. I'm like, yeah, I got 258,000 miles on it. And, you know, I'm like, it's just, just warming up. And he laughs and he's like, that's is that the best you can do. And I'm like, well, my, my forerunner had 351,000 miles before it, you know, I'm had to let it go, and and he's like, I had seven hundred and fifty thousand miles on my Nissan Frontier or Frontier Frontrunner. I don't, it's I can't Frontier. remember what it's called. Little pickup. Yeah, Frontier. And I'm like, what? And he goes, you know what I did? I just maintained it. He's like, if you maintain things, they last longer. 
That's awesome. Especially if they're Toyota and Nissan. Even a Nissan. Even a Nissan. <laughs> he goes, especially if they're Toyotas and Nissans. I had not a old, Nissan guy at all. So I that's... had an old Nissan back back before they changed it to Nissan. It was a Datsun, the last last of the Datsun. That was my um, first pickup. truck. And what's that? That was my first truck, seventy five Datsun. Oh, I had I I loved that truck. Mine. I named it Rusty Dotson because one of my best friends was her name is Jen Dotson. So if you're listening now, you know. And I always tease her that I'm taking her little brother out for a joyride. And uh, Rusty was her little brother. Get it? Ah, oh, funny. Anyways, but that truck just kept going and going and going. And I bought it. It was a piece of garbage when I bought it. And it just kept running and running. And I was like, wow, this this POS is is awesome. I wish I still had it. It was carbureted. And yeah, mm-hmm. it just kept going and going. That's awesome. I'm actually looking at some old uh, old Toyota Hiluxes carbureted, and I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe I should get some. I kind of want to. Yeah, well, it would be a project, but it would be an awesome project to have. Well, that about wraps up this episode, you guys. Thanks so much for being on with us. Thanks for being a part of our skills. Hopefully, you learned some things about what you can do, and you got the, in, uh, the, the creative juices flowing. When you're in a situation, when you're any in a situation at all, just make sure that uh, you you think about what you could do to get out of it and use those creative juices. You've got it in you to do it. Just a matter of practicing and using those skills. But you've been listening to Prepper Talk Radio, Radio for the Ready Minded, and um, we are here to help you learn more about God, family, and country, and help you be better prepared for whatever life throws at you. Have a great night, and we'll see you on the next episode. See you next week.